Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 97.1 FM Talk. Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. We have a Reardon Roundtable tomorrow. Jane will be here as we take you into the weekend. Mike Elam from the St. Charles County Council, State Rep Donna Berenger, all on the panel tomorrow. Also, um, Jimmy Griffin and John Pisoni from El Monstero. Ooh, I love that. Ooh, that, I love have Jimmy you seen, Griffin. Have you seen them before, El Monstero or not? Uh, just when they come into the radio stations. I haven't but been But you've never seen the show. The show. Uh-uh. Yeah, so it's, you know, again, I hesitate to say Pink Floyd tribute act because they're I, I saw Roger Waters a couple months ago they're just as good sounding was, as Roger Waters come it's on. amazing and they do I don't know Fred do you remember how many nights they have it's seven or eight again oh yeah it's a whole most bunch. of them are sold out usually they come in here they're gonna maybe hawk tickets a little bit they just come in now just to talk about the show and they're in rehearsals right now so it's gonna be Love fun it. it's that such a fun show I, yeah. I went a couple years ago it's great I usually go every couple years and I was trying to get some you know tickets this year but the nights that I can go they're not available so if you do want tickets you should probably get them very quickly oh yeah uh, yeah. Victoria Carter's coming up a little bit. We'll talk more. We opened up with the show with the Brittany Griner, Brittany Griner Prison Exchange for Victor Boot, the Merchant of Death. It seems a little unequal. We'll find out a little bit more about that. Former Senator Lamping in the next hour as well. And then John Ziegler from California, the co-host of the new podcast, The Death of Journalism. He'll uh, take on the DA out there, Gascon's directives on immigration consequences, lowering charges so people don't get deported. And then there is uh, looming returning to mask in Los Angeles, which I tweeted about. Oh, yeah, I swear to God. They're going to do it around here, too. I guarantee you, because they can't wait. Well, luckily, Sam Page can't do that without, you know, input from the county council anymore, I don't think. But you can tell the cases are going up just a little bit, and everyone's in panic mode, even though most of the people, I think, in the hospital are from the flu right now. So that's coming up um, tomorrow afternoon and then later on this afternoon, plus an audio cut of the day as well. So I went to the Jack Buck Awards last night. Sue, I'd never been to the Jack Buck Awards before. I haven't been. Have you been, Fred? No, I haven't. Uh-uh, it, it I don't was at the, uh, the MAC downtown, a lot of honorees. One, one thing that was, I think, a little disappointing to folks, and I was looking up on the, um, what would you call it, the not the head table, but, you know, the dice or whatever, like the 
everybody, all the important people were up there. And Nolan Arnato was the person who was featured last night, along with Dick Vermeil and others. And he was not there. He he sent in a video, which I think is a little wait. Dick Vermeil sent no, in a oh no, no, the no, other no. guy. No, Dick. No, Dick Vermeil took my spot at the table I was supposed uh, to sit at. Okay. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's Dick Vermeil. Yeah, but listen to this. What happened? So uh, a couple about a month and a half ago, I I was uh, invited from. The sales staff, hey, we'd like you at the Jack Buck Awards. You can sit at the Camo X table. I'm like, yeah, Ooh. I'd like to go. My wife was invited, too. I said, I think Becky's going to be out of town, so it'll be just me. So then a couple of weeks ago, it's like, hey, you still going to the Jack Buck Awards? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to the Jack Buck Awards. We uh, we still have a spot at your at the table. Good. Well, then the next couple of days was, up. Oh, well, we got too many people coming to our table, so you can't go. How about if you just come for the happy hour and and see some clients? Because I had, like, the Gelmans right, were there last right. night. Mark and Neil, it was great to see them, a couple other folks as well. So I said, sure, I'll come to the happy hour. Then Monday this week, it was like, no, we got an extra spot for you at a table with uh, Rodney from the MAC. And Rodney's one of the guys that I work with at the MAC. And I actually know his wife because Christy, his wife, was someone I worked with on movie stuff years ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I'll sit with them. So I get there last night. I do the happy hour. I'm mixing and mingling. I got the suit on, Sue. Remember, I got the suit on. I even showed it to you. I stepped into the room last night. You looked good. Yeah. That suit's name is Hugo. Hugo (laughs) Boss. Wonder who made it. Yes. (laughs) And then... um, I go up and, and I try to find the table, and then I could tell that there's something going on, you know, with, with there's spots. There's a kerfuffle. Yeah, there's a kerfuffle. So I said, look, I, I told him, I said, look, it's not a big deal if I if I take off because I was here, you know, I mix and mingle. It's not. A, I'm yeah. not worried. No, no, no. So they they got me a spot at the back of the room. So I'm at the table in the back of the room, and I literally, I'm just going to be honest with you, I don't know anyone at the table, right? And everyone's talking amongst themselves. Oh yeah, and that's I sit the there worst. and I that's dig into my worst. wedge salad, which was delicious. Oh, I love a wedge salad. And I would expect great things tomorrow from the MAC <sighs> downtown. The MA. mm. So I I ate my wedge salad. My piece of cheesecake was staring at me in the face. I'm like, am I going to make it to the cheesecake? Because uh, I got you get better. To the, I didn't. I, I, what is? Am so, I in an alternate universe? So, no, listen. I just, I'm just telling you because, look, tomorrow to night, go. tomorrow night is my. We're going to be. We we'll have our listeners there. We got you know all of our staff is there. We have Kilmead. It's going to be a great deal. I will be in my comfort zone. But last night, there's all yeah. these athletes there. Yeah. Tom Ackerman. That's Tom Ackerman's world, right? Yeah. Even it though is. I was glad it to be invited. So I, I kind of made a run for the restroom and just never came back. Yeah, we've all done it. <laughs> You've done it even, Fred, right? I don't... Make a run for the restroom and never come back. I don't think so. What, that's called, not. like, ghosting, right? When people do that, sometimes if you're at a party or something like that, you're like, yeah, I'm just going to slide out. But uh, Where'd he go? Don't hey, know. it seemed like it was going to be a great event last night, and I'm sure it turned out very well. But that... It was the reason there was no room at the table. I think I, I forgot to mention this. That big crybaby Dick Vermeil had extra people with him last night, and he took my spots at the table where I was supposed to sit. You know, I, I talked to someone here at the station today, and, and she said, Oh, Mark looked like he was having a great time last night. How about that, good. Mark? You were Nobody, good. So yeah. good job. Well, Chris Miller, who's one of our sales guys, he texts me afterwards, Hey, let's meet up at the Jack Buck Grill afterwards. I'm like, Sure. I'll see you there. I'm just going to tell him that I was a little bit, you know, it was so crowded I couldn't find him. The These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. Well, uh, in order to wear something for tomorrow night when we sit at the kids' table with me and Abby and Fred, <laughs> I thought, I've got to order a wrap. Really, the dresses that I have are mostly summer and spring. I'm not a big winter dress wearer. So I, I ordered a wrap, like a pashmina wrap that you can wear over your shoulders. So I got home last night, and I went out, and there was my package delivered. And it was actually 
the wrong address and the wrong item. I don't know whether they sent mine to this person, but I got someone's mail from 4039 Bingham Avenue in St. Louis, and that's not my address. Can you wear it tomorrow night? No, I opened it up and I thought, maybe it's the same. No, it's like a big big black belt with a buckle. It's not the right size. But what Ah. what are you going to wear with the the cover-up deal, though? You still have to wear something underneath, right? I was going to wear a shawl uh, on a summer uh, dress with this nice black shawl thing that, uh, you know, to cut. No. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I could slap on that belt and hope for the best, but that's not going to really help. (laughs) The good news last night is I only wore the suit for probably 90 minutes total because I left here. I was home by 8.50, maybe two hours. So the suit's in fine condition. Not a lot of creases or anything like that. Good, good. That's what you want. Same time tomorrow night, too. If you saw me last night, same damn tie tomorrow. I'm just going to be honest. (laughs) Well, fortunately, they didn't see you for long. (laughs) No, right. (laughs) 70 years ago today, in 1952... On I Love Lucy, a pregnancy was acknowledged on a TV show for the very first time. Now, did you see that movie with Nicole Kidman, Mark, the the, the I Love Lucy thing where she plays Lucy? It was yes. just out. Yes. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, it was a few years ago. I liked it a lot. Um, they couldn't even use the term pregnancy on the air at the time. And you could only say things like expecting. So she actually was pregnant, and the show was so successful that they had to try to come up with some reason. So she was pregnant on the show and in real life, and that's the first time they allowed it on TV. So juxtapose that, because if it hasn't happened yet, I will guarantee you that some point during 2023 in the television season in the next four months into the next year, that there will be a storyline on a TV show, and I'm guessing it's already happened, where they are trying to figure out how to pay for an abortion for someone to go to another state. That's oh. that's how far we. Well, that's a delightful come, thing to add. No, I'm just telling you that that. News. But think about because Abby reacted when you said that. I saw the look on your face. You're like, really? Yeah. But even into the 1970s and 80s, we were doing kind of things that you would say, "Wow, really? That happened 40 years ago." I think for a while you could only have if you were sitting on a bed, you had to have one foot. On the floor. floor. And you had separate beds for a long time. I don't remember when they were. I should look that one up. Now the censors, now, and I'm I'm all for, you know, adults making the right choices and everything, but Fred and I watch a lot of sports, a lot of live sports, and Alexa's around a lot of times even for the live sports. They put commercials on during football games that pretty much scare the hell out of you. Inappropriate. Uh Yeah. So that's one problem. And then you have shows on at 7 o'clock that... Inappropriate. <laughs> that would, yes. or they'd, they'd be, you know, back in the day, you wouldn't be able to put the tone or the subject matter on those shows at 7 o'clock on until after 11. Well, it's not like people didn't know where babies came from. I, the word pregnancy is not offensive. I, I But, of course, that comes from my, I was hey. not alive in 1952 brain. Right, but let's not forget, it wasn't too long after that where doctors were still blowing smoke into our faces when we go in to see if we were pregnant or <laughs> otherwise. And I feel like <laughs> I can say true. as a man if we were pregnant now because men can get pregnant well, as well. I just point. wanted to be all inclusive, that's all. 59 years ago today, I had no idea this happened. Fred, did you, well, I guess... People know this, and I just didn't. In 1963, 19-year-old Frank Sinatra Jr. was kidnapped. Did you know this? No. Uh-uh. He was kidnapped from Harris South Lodge in Lake Tahoe, and the kidnapper made contract with uh, or contact with Frank Sinatra Sr. to make ransom arrangements. Sinatra originally offered one million bucks. 
But the uh, the kidnapper said, "I'll just take two hundred forty grand." <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? Discounted the ransom. Uh, and after Frank Senior paid that in marked bills, police arrested two ex classmates of Frank Junior's sister. It's oh a very God. interesting story. I had no idea any of that happened. So uh, then there was a story that maybe Frank Sinatra Jr. cooperated with the abductors. I, I'm not sure if we ever figured that out. Because he wanted to get out. cut in on the I money. I guess. I, it's so weird. All right, Google. Oh, well, I'm going to start with this. The makers of Bush Light are giving away Bush, B-U-S-H, lights for the holidays. <laughs> They're Christmas tree lights shaped like beer cans. But instead of hanging them on your tree, they're meant to go on your bushes outside. Each string has a set of 150 flashing beer cans. There's a speaker that plays Bush Light's old jingle from the 80s called Head for the Mountains, the Mountains of Bush. Do you remember oh, how that went? I remember went? that very well. Yeah. That uh, but do you big, remember the song? Campaign. Maybe it's just uh, I do remember. I mean, if I heard it, I think I'd remember it. The, I don't remember. Yep. They claim that each set is worth 150 bucks, but you can't buy them. You have to win them, and they're only giving away 14 sets over the next uh, two weeks. So you have to reply to one of their posts on social media, explain why you deserve to win, and include the hashtag sweepstakes and letters to St. Louis. That's a national story, so it'll be interesting (laughs) to see. They do look like little beer cans, if that's your thing. Every year, PNC calculates... I I do have a little music for this, Mark, but it just would be quiet and, and kind of in the background. It's the 12 days of Christmas. They calculate the actual cost of giving one set one set of every gift from the song 12 Days of Christmas. Right. And they, they figure it out every year how much it would actually cost you if you went ahead and did it. Here are this year's figures. Number one. One, a partridge in a pear tree, $289.18. Two turtle doves will cost you $600, Fred. By the wow. way, the turtle doves are up this year by 33% because of the, toss, the cost of feed. And by the way, they are delicious if you cook them right. Turtle doves? I'm kidding. Oh, okay, <laughs> thank you. Good night. Three French hens, I would think, would taste better. They're at three eighteen seventy-five. Calling birds? That's five ninety-nine. Gold rings? That's twelve. That's actually twelve hundred forty-five dollars. That's up thirty-nine percent from last year. The geese are laying six of them. 720. Seven swans of swimming, $13,000. Maids of milking, only 58, because, you know, they don't cost much. Ladies dancing, 8,300. Lords a leaping, those are the most expensive. That'll cost you 13980 Piper's are, are the piping. Of milking in the, the are they are we doing this in California or elsewhere? Because in California you got minimum wage requirements and stuff like that. <laughs> We're doing it in the Midwest oh, okay. for minimum all right, wage. All right. We've got twelve drummers drumming. That's uh, thirty two hundred dollars. Anyway, the total cost would be forty five thousand five hundred twenty three dollars and twenty seven cents. Now, if you did it like all the times you have to repeat it when you're, you know, singing the song, mm-hmm. that'd be a hundred ninety seven thousand. $71. Here, here's what I love about this story, and this is what I hearken back to. And Fred, I think you can appreciate this. I've worked in media now for uh, more than 40 years, and I've done that damn story every single yep. year. Like when I was a news I anchor, every you'd year. always do it, right? Yep. Every year. Right. Hey, uh-huh. here's, especially this time of year, because typically a holiday time of year is slower with the news cycle, although that hasn't happened since Not 2008. Yet. But it's I just one of those. I should have that for you guys for next week. <laughs> it's one of those standard about stories. That. It so, is. I do it every single year. And finally, in Sue's news, we have today's random fact. Hmm. 
Okay, when Pluto was discovered, some of the the, the dog or the planet, Sue. Uh, that would be the planet, and okay. then they didn't they downgrade it. Yeah, they took it off of the like official planet. Yeah, list. so now we're just calling it Why Pluto. Why do they hate Pluto? I don't. I don't know. It's always a planet with me. Yeah, Thank me you. Because that's how Thank I learned you. it. That's exactly. I learned it too. Yep. When Pluto was discovered, some of the potential names were Minerva, <laughs> Zeus, Atlas, Persephone, and Kronos. Pluto was suggested by an 11-year-old girl in England, and they took it. Isn't that nice? Was there a reason for that? What, what was the, No, they did not dig into it. I'm guessing that was before the um, the Disney character, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, just with the time. I'm not really good at math, but I think the timeline might have worked out in, in that particular order. All right, that wraps up Sue's News for this Thursday edition, 423. We'll get back into the Brittany Griner prisoner release if it was that coming up next worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, I guess it's the uh, the big news of the day. The president making this announcement a little earlier. Moments ago, standing together with her, Marshall, uh in the Oval Office, I spoke with Brittany Griner. She's safe. She's on a plane. She's on her way home. After months of being unjustly detained in Russia, held under intolerable circumstances, Brittany will soon be back in the arms of her loved ones, and uh, and she should have been there all along. Well, there's another guy, Paul Whalen, who's a former Marine. He's been in prison for years in Russia on espionage charges. We never forgot about Brittany. We've not forgotten about Paul Whalen, who's been unjustly detained in Russia for years. This was not a choice of which American to bring home. We brought home Trevor Reed when we had a chance early this year. Sadly, for totally illegitimate reasons, Russia is treating Paul's case differently than Brittany's. And while we have not yet succeeded in securing Paul's release, we are not giving up. We will never give up. We remain in close touch with Paul's family, the Whelan family. And my thoughts and prayers are with them today. They have to have such mixed emotions today. I would say they do have mixed emotions because I don't think it was a very equitable trade. It is good that Brittany's coming back because it was just silly that she was being held and then she goes to a penal colony. But let's talk about this with Victoria Coates, Senior Research Fellow in International Affairs and National Security and Heritage. Victoria, what are you thinking about this right now? A lot of reaction, obviously. Indeed. Good to, be, good to be with you, Mark. And, you know, any day an American citizen who's unjustly detained abroad comes home is a good day. And, you know, I might not agree personally with Brittany's politics, but I mean, at, at worst, she did something stupid and nobody died because of what she did. And the Russians clearly exploited her case uh, to extract a huge price. 
from the United States. And, you know, what, what's shocking to me is that the Biden administration would put a card as large as Victor Booth on the table and not demand, you know, multiple people. Uh, you know, the, Victor and Brittany are like apples and oranges. The, the one yeah. thing is not like the other. Yeah, well, look, you have all kinds of negotiations that go on in life, and usually neither side gets what they really want. But in this case, it's the opposite. Russia got exactly what they want, really what they wanted from the first place. It's hard for me to believe that this wasn't the goal all along, holding Brittany Griner. Oh, 100%. And bear in mind, Victor Boot was a KGB agent. Guess who was also a KGB agent? Vladimir Putin. Uh, this was personal for Putin. He wanted boot back. And then if you look at the response, Bob Menendez criticized this deal. The Pentagon has come out and said they're concerned boot is going to start running arms again. Who did they run them to before? Have he run them to before? The Taliban. So are we now going to have Americans hunted again uh, because of his malfeasance? I, it just, it's, it's unconscionable that they wouldn't have gotten more for him. All right, so here's General Keith Kellogg on that very topic. And the reason why this is important and why I think this swap is so interesting is because not only is he the merchant of death, but he knows where all the bodies are buried. And what I mean by that, this guy was the premier arms dealer with Soviet equipment, Russian equipment, the second largest arms dealer in the world of the, of the Russians. And it's telling me, look, there's a reason why we haven't heard of this before, getting somebody who's been in jail for 10 years now up in Marion, Illinois. Because this guy is going to help Putin get more Russian equipment that they need to fight the war in Ukraine. So that was General Kellogg on that. Now, let me ask this, Victoria. He mentioned, I can't remember the name of the other prisoner that came home this year that the president just referred to. Do you remember what the particulars? Yeah, what were the particulars of that, and how does that kind of play in comparison to Whalen and Brittany Griner? Uh, that that was an, an odder case, uh, and, and I have to admit, Mark, I don't remember the specifics of Trevor's case as well uh, off the top of my head. But it was it was less transactional than this one, and but it was I think the key point is that it was cruelly disappointing to the Whalen family then. That happened before Brittany was detained, and to have this happen again right before Christmas, it just it, it it's really. Unkind. Yeah, because I, I'd like to think, and, and maybe maybe there is a scenario, I said this earlier on the show, where there's something that's getting back-channeled right now. Brittany Griner gets out. The U.S. is working aggressively to release Paul Whelan, and somehow he gets home here in the next few weeks at all. But that's not just going to magically happen. There would have to be something that the Russians get. So what, what kind of terms might you expect? And the other thing about this is, you know, stating the obvious, I think, and we did discuss this earlier as well, what's going to prevent another American if they, I don't know why you'd go to Russia under these circumstances from being detained and trumped up charges, something along these lines happening in the in the you know future, because you saw how it worked this time. The map is pretty clear for the Russians. Yeah. And actually, I just was looking at Trevor's case. Uh, he was also a prisoner swap. So clearly that's the currency that that Putin is dealing in right now. He's getting the people he wants out because he knows the Biden administration is, is desperate for a photo op. And you know you have a nasty history of rogue regimes around the world taking American citizens hostage. You go back to 1979 and Iran. Uh, this isn't new. And the reason it happens is because they think they can get something. And what, what the Biden administration did today was say, you know, at, you, we are really ready to deal. We are ready to put your worst, your nastiest folks back on the table for you, uh, and we're not going to exact a price. 
When they say this was, the president said this and KJP said this, this was not a choice for us on which American to bring home. That was not the choice. It was the choice between bringing home one American or bringing home none. That seems to be, (laughs) I mean, I guess people are going to believe that right now, but you did have a choice. You know, all politics and, well, I should say this, Victoria, all personality aside, because I, I mainly have issue with his personality. I don't think a lot of people think that Trump would have, Cut this deal. Oh, he wouldn't have. And no way. President Trump had a remarkable record of bringing home Americans uh, for a whole range of different bad situations. And and you know, the the other thing that should be of, of concern is you know if if somebody like Paul Whelan can be left behind, you know who else is going to be left behind? And that. It's you know, just so demoralizing to the families of folks who are being held all over the place. I mean, it's not just Russia. Victoria Coates, who is with the um, Heritage Foundation, is with us this afternoon. So there's a report that says that Vladimir Putin spoke to Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed al-Nayan on Wednesday before this all happened. So there was a question asked in the briefing room today of KJP on that particular topic. The only countries that negotiated uh, this deal were the United States and Russia. And there was no mediation uh, involved. We are grateful for the uh, UAE, as the president mentioned, as I am mentioning now, for facilitating Uh, the use of their territory for the exchange to take place. Uh, We are also grateful to other countries, including Saudi Arabia, that released the issue of our wrongfully detained Americans with a Russian government uh, that raised that issue. All right. So, Victoria, on the uh, the topic of the UAE or Saudi Arabia, any thoughts there? Well, certainly uh, both uh, Mohammed bin Zayed and Mohammed bin Salman, MBZ and MBS, uh, respectively, you know, they do talk to Putin. He's, you know, a major uh, force, obviously, in OPEC Plus, which both of them are members of. So I, I think they probably played a fairly significant role in this. But what remains, you know, and, and what's bizarre in that scenario is the fact that you know, the Biden administration has been so overtly hostile to Saudi Arabia and then sort of in a more quiet way, hostile to UAE uh, from the beginning of the administration when there was no call to MBZ, uh, you know, and no presidential contact for many, many months. And now suddenly they're helping us out. You know, it points out what most of us know, which is these are, are venerable and very important alliances for the United States and the sort of schizophrenic nature of Biden administration policy has been enormously damaging. I mean, I'm grateful if NBC did anything to facilitate this, even if it was only to provide uh, a logistics hub. But but the administration has played, played very fast and loose with those relationships. Victoria Coates, Senior Research Fellow for International Affairs and National Security at Heritage, I appreciate the insight on this this afternoon. We'll see if Mr. Whaling ever gets out. His family obviously being very careful and diplomatic. And by the way, what would your expectations be on the return of Brittany Griner and how much she will actually say about her time in Russia? Will that be somewhat limited because you still have a tricky situation with Whalen or not? I think it, it, one would hope it would be and that all of those parameters, because those are conversations you have in the background. Uh, as these deals are being made, is you know what you should do, what kind of media profile you should have. Uh, if she is serious, as has been signaled, that that she and her wife are going to use their platform to advocate for Paul, that that they 
they do respect those rules of the road because, I mean, I just hope all your listeners keep the Whalen family in, in their prayers as we go forward to the holiday season because this is, this is very difficult and it, it's not time for a victory lap. Yeah, absolutely. Victoria, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Anytime, Mark. Right. Take care. And here's Sherelle Griner saying on that very topic. Today, my family is whole, but as you all are aware, there's so many other families who are not whole. And so BG's not here to say this, but I will gladly speak on her behalf and say that BG and I will remain committed to the work of getting every American home, including Paul, whose family is in our hearts today. Well, you like to hear that, and you hope that it's yeah. That was a nice thing, you, you to know, because I don't put this on her or Brittany Grant. You put this on the administration, and I completely get why you'd want to take an advantage of a situation which is going to allow American to to get back home under these circumstances. But wow, if you're the Whalen family, you know the president himself said it. They're scratching their heads. Yeah, they are absolutely. A little undercovered this year was the uh, the time person of the year. Can't say man of the year anymore, can you? Uh, and that was Voldemort Zelensky. But I, I would have put, and I don't think his name was anywhere near the list last year, I would have put Scott Smith as a candidate for person of the year in 2021. Scott Smith is the father of one of the sex assault victims at the Loudoun County Public Schools in Virginia that led to, I think, um, certainly Glenn Youngkin winning last year. This was the guy who was arrested because he was pissed off justifiably at the district in the school board because they basically covered up the rape of his daughter by a trans kid. So the attorney general, Jason Meares in Virginia, ordered a grand jury to look into this. And they released a 91-page report. And I read a good portion of this report yesterday, and it is stunning. Remember the report that came back from the grand jury that looked into Kim Gardner, Sue? Oh, yeah. And they wrote that letter to the Supreme Court, which yes. apparently was completely ignored. They said, look, at what we're looking at here is outrageous. It needs to be really taken seriously. Yep. And we think maybe someone should lose their law license was essentially the tone of that. And then the Supreme Court came in and said, well, we don't want riots. She's, uh, she's African-American and we don't want to hurt people's feelings. So it doesn't matter what she does. Even if she's not putting people behind bars, we can't have more riots in the city of St. Louis. So we're going to do nothing. So that's essentially what happened. In this particular case, they order the grand jury to look into this. They deliver a 91-page report. They say, and some of the details are just, Scott Smith, I, I can't even believe his lid didn't blow off or he didn't blow his lid more than he did given the uh, the circumstances and given the nature of this report because you look at this, <sighs> the, uh, the overriding report says, we believe that throughout this whole ordeal, the Loudoun County Public School administrators were looking out for their own interests instead of the best interests of LCPS. This invariably led to a stunning lack of openness, transparency, and accountability both to the public and the special grand jury. There were several decision points for senior LCPS administrators up to and including the superintendent, who, by the way, has been fired now. He's gone. That was one good result of this. This happened this week. To be transparent and step in and alter the sequence of events leading up to the October 6, 2021 sexual assault. They failed at every juncture. So some of this happened, you know, last summer, spring, and because they moved the kid around, there were more assaults that took place. So the, um, the leadership released this statement after the report came out. In spite of the recent allegations, 
leveled against Loudoun County School Board and members of the Loudoun County Public Schools and employees over the past several months. We are pleased that the special grand jury's extensive investigation found no evidence of criminal conduct on part of anyone with LCPS and not a single indictment was filed. Well, who cares? Okay, yeah, there's no criminal indictment. But what they learned here is it's sort of like, pardon me if you're Catholic, but I think you're aware of this right now. It's sort of like the Catholic Church when there were priests that were diddling little kids and they oh. decided not to report that to yes, the that's police not, over and over and over again. And they moved priests from one parish to another. And that happened for decades and decades. In this case, now, they didn't want to hurt the church. It, it was the church was more important than the victims. Right. The church was more important than little kids. And this went on for decades. Now, that's a little pet peeve of mine, and I'm not going to offend all the Catholics out there because it's outrageous that that was allowed to happen. It's sickening, felonious behavior that in any other circumstance would be prosecuted. In this particular case, I'm actually shocked that there wasn't a crime. Maybe there should be a a piece of legislation in Virginia written to say, hey, if you're a school superintendent and your responsibility is to the students in your district and you've got a kid, I don't care if he's trans or otherwise, he's raping kids in the bathroom that he's not supposed to be in or she, I'm sorry, I just misgendered that person and I would be banned from Twitter under the previous regime. That's outrageous, right? Yes. It's sickening. So Scott Smith on with Fox today talking about this. You know, my reaction is this. It's a year too late. Um, He should have been fired a year ago. Um, The school board had what they needed. You know, they had an independent investigation, so-called, that wasn't released to the public. So the fact that they're hiding behind the, you know, that Ziegler didn't release information to them and they're now horrified and they vote, you know, they voted unanimously to fire him. Well, they're all responsible, too. So, unfortunately, today we're not celebrating. He's just one on one of many that hurt my child and many others. So the grand jury does say, we conclude that there was not a coordinated cover-up between the administrators and members of the school board. Except for the May 28, 2021 email from the superintendent, the board, both as a body and its individual members, were deliberately deprived of information regarding these incidents until after the October 6 sexual assault. So they let the school board off the hook, which sounds like they need to be off the hook because they were not informed by the superintendent and the administrators. These are the same administrators, whether it's in my school district, Rockwood, whether you're in Parkway or otherwise, that tell you that there's no indoctrination going on of these kids. There's no CRT. There's nothing to see here. They are not to be trusted. We have example after example that these are folks that are not to be trusted, which is, by the way, why you have a school board and why you have hopefully investigations like that. But in October of last year, they learned the school board, not from the superintendent's office, but from public reporting that the assailant was the same one from what happened in May, the trans kid from May, Scott Smith's daughter. We also believe, the board said, that the October 6, 2021 abduction and sexual assault of a female student at Broad Run High School could have and should have been prevented. A remarkable lack of curiosity and adherence to operating in silos by LCPS administrators is ultimately to blame for the October 6 incident. So, well, they couldn't cite a particular statute here, right? Because the law is very particular. I'll tell you what, there should be a law that prevents a superintendent of a school board covering up a rape 
of not one, but two students. In, in fact, Ian, the grand jury was scathing in its condemnation, not only of Ziegler, but Loudoun County schools in general, saying, we believe that throughout this ordeal, LCPS administrators were looking out for their own interests instead of the best interests of LCPS. This invariably led to a stunning lack of openness, transparency, and accountability, both to the public and the special grand jury. They failed at every juncture. Key word in there is administrators. Should more heads roll here besides Ziegler? Yeah, I absolutely think they should. And I think Scott was, was right on the money. You know, it, this is a case of the school board doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. They had ample opportunity for the past year to do this. They know that he lied to 400,000 plus Loudoun County residents at that June 22nd school board meeting, but they didn't do it until the pressure got too hot. And as far as the other administrators, I mean, you, we're talking about the deputy superintendent, we're talking about the, the lawyer for the school division, we're talking about the director of safety and services, all down the list of people that, that not just failed, they failed with reckless indifference. They knew about what was happening. They were disturbed, was one quote, yet they did nothing. Yeah, this grand jury report is really, really good. And I know most of you are not going to take the time to read it, but I would recommend it. So they say on May 12th of 2021, this is four weeks after the students returned to in-person school from the pandemic, a teaching assistant at the high school in Loudoun County wrote to her superiors about one of the students the assailant, the rapist, the trans rapist. But if this kind of reckless behavior persists, I wouldn't want to be held accountable if someone should get hurt. 16 days later, that student assaulted Scott Smith's daughter in that bathroom. For nearly three hours after the assault, the individual was missing and at large in the high school. Around 2.15, Scott Smith arrives at the high school. He's upset to learn what happened to his daughter. He becomes very loud after being denied entry into the building. Shortly after that, the father had been escorted from the school, but the individual who committed the sexual assault was still at large in the building. During this time, the Stonebridge principal reached out to the superintendent's office about getting a no trespass letter against the father. LCPS chief operating officer arrived at the school, talked with the principal, sent an email to the superintendent. The incident is related to policy 8040. I will send a team's appointment from 3.30 to 5. We will log in now to offer an update if you want to log in between now and then. So policy 840, as you might imagine, doesn't address the rights of little girls in bathrooms with boys who have penises who might get raped. No, 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 no. Policy 840 in the Loudoun County schools and probably in your school district from your woke superintendent and school board. That addresses the rights of transgender and gender expansive students. Six people joined that team's meeting, including the superintendent and the now deputy superintendent. We believe this team's meeting was the beginning of the complete lack of transparency by LCPS surrounding this situation. And they covered it up and they covered it up more. They even said the superintendent, when he lied, he goes, we don't have, to my knowledge, records of assaults occurring in our restrooms. We believe this statement was a lie. You know why the grand jury believes that was a lie? Because it was a flippin' lie. They absolutely have proof. The superintendent later claimed he was viewing the question in light of policy 840. Per the aforementioned team's meeting, we know the superintendent learned shortly after the incident that the Stonebridge assault was stated to be related to policy 840. Look, this is very simple. This is very, very simple. The administrators in the Loudoun County School District, and I can't put it on the board because the grand jury says the board had things that were hidden from them. This guy decided that that trans 
student, even though that trans student had sexually assaulted at least one kid, maybe more, and then sexually assaulted, raped another girl in October of last year, that that kid was more important than Scott Smith's daughter or other kids in that district. That is... Now, it, there should be a law against that. He should never work in education again. 100% At the very agree. least. So he gets off. He loses his job. He gets off scot-free. But think about the horrifying things that he uh. did, all in the name of a woke agenda. Uh. Shame on you. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.